Over the past several weeks, our church family has been in a series on Sunday evenings about this miracle. The reality that Jesus, in coming to this earth, in the event that we call the Incarnation, is completely and truly God with us. So often when we think about the Christmas story, we tend to focus on some of the other characters surrounding that time frame. We think about Joseph and Mary. We think about the shepherds. We consider and maybe even argue about when the wise men actually showed up to see the Christ child. But the most miraculous event of that time was God coming to earth in the form of an infant baby. That truly is remarkable. The baby in the manger whose birth we celebrate at Christmas time was 100% God and 100% man. And we've thought about it in relation to some of the hardest places of our lives. This truth that God is with us. We have seen that God is with us in the valley. We enjoy God on the mountaintop, don't we? But it's in the valley where we get to know God intimately. We've seen that God is with us in the wilderness. And often that wilderness comes after we've had a mountaintop experience. And it's while we're there in the wilderness that God will bring us into a personal encounter with himself. And he'll gently whisper his truth to us. And then we've seen that God is with us in the storm. And isn't it good to know that the presence of a storm does not mean that God is absent? Never in the presence of a storm doubt the absence of God. He is still God with us. And friends, also don't think that peace is found in the absence of a storm. You can be at peace if the storm is absent or present in your life because it's not about whether or not you're in a storm. That means you can have peace. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. When you're in the storm, do not make the mistake of putting your faith in what you can see. Rather, put your faith in what God says. And you can experience the peace of Jesus. So tonight on this Christmas Eve, we're going to conclude our look at God with us by focusing on the text where we've pulled this truth from over these last several weeks. So join me in Matthew chapter 1. and We'll be looking at verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. 
God's word declares, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, everyone say it with me, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew's account of the incarnation of Jesus Christ describes the events preceding the birth, especially as it relates to Joseph. The primary focus of the truth of God with us in this text is the reality, not that God is with us in the valley, though that's true. Not that God is with us in the wilderness, though that is also true. And not that God is with us in the storm, though that is equally true. Rather, the truth of Matthew chapter 1, which applies to every one of us, every moment of every day of our lives, is that Jesus is with us, he is God with us, in our brokenness. Think about this tonight. The Christmas season that is so festive that we enjoy so much. Many of us would say it's our favorite time of the year, our favorite season, our favorite holiday. But when Jesus came to earth in the form of that baby lying in a manger, Jesus came because of he entered into to deal with our brokenness. Every person, everywhere throughout all time since Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden has experienced brokenness. We live in a world that is broken, with a system that is broken, with people, including ourselves, who are broken. Jesus entered that brokenness and he dealt with it. By entering into and dealing with man's brokenness, Jesus demonstrated that he is God with us in our brokenness. 
You say, Pastor, it's not very encouraging on Christmas Eve to think about my brokenness. That is very true. I do not like to think about my brokenness. I do not like to experience my brokenness. But what is encouraging is that Jesus came. He experienced it and he dealt with it. So how can we be encouraged by the reality that God is with us in our brokenness? I want us to consider Matthew 1. And through this passage, we'll be encouraged that God is with us in our brokenness and that he rescues us from it. And we'll see it playing out in the experience of the characters of Matthew chapter 1. I want you first to see Mary's experience of brokenness. Now, if you go to Luke chapter 1, where the angel appeared to Mary and announced to her that she would be the mother of the Christ child. She would be the one to have the blessing of conceiving in her womb as God graciously chose her to bear the Messiah. As a virgin, she would conceive, carry, and deliver a son who would be the Savior. What an incredible experience that was. Mary lifted up her voice and gave a song of praise to God. But I want you to think about this, friends. As incredible as that experience was, that experience was also the source of some great hurts. Mary knew the miraculous nature of the conception of the child in her womb. But did anyone else know? Even those whom she may have shared it with, who would have believed her? Put yourself in the place of Mary's parents. If one of your daughters came to you and said, an angel appeared to me and told me that the Holy Spirit was going to conceive a child in my womb, so mom and dad, I'm pregnant, how would you respond? Joseph clearly did not believe her. Certainly, he knew she was pregnant. He was considering what he would do because of it. Had he found out through the grapevine, had Mary herself told him? We don't know, but the reality is that Joseph clearly could not believe what Mary likely told him. John eight forty one which takes place well into the adult life of Jesus as he is going about his ministry, tells us that he, as he was confronted by some of his enemies, they believed the perceived illegitimacy of his birth. They, they said to him that they weren't children of fornication, inferring that he was. That may not mean so much to us today, by the way, because sexual activity outside of marriage is so rampant and prevalent in our society. But in Mary's day and culture, it didn't get much worse. Even Joseph, her fiancé, had to be told by an angel before he believed. And so this represents the brokenness of Mary. 
She experienced the insinuations, the insults, and false accusations of others. Can I ask you, have you ever experienced brokenness in that way? Has someone ever insinuated something about you, insulted you, spoken false accusations against you or about you? Secondly, I want you to see Joseph's experience of brokenness. Again, Joseph learned of Mary's pregnancy, but he did not believe she was innocent. That not only affected Mary, it affected him. They were engaged in that culture to be betrothed was essentially to be married. You would already be called husband and wife. You were not yet living together, living as man and wife, and yet that was the view of the culture in that day. And so when Joseph learned of Mary's pregnancy, the only belief, the only thought he had was that he had been betrayed. She had been unfaithful. She had been disloyal. She had broken their vows. Maybe you've had this experience of brokenness. Someone else may have betrayed you, hurt you, done you wrong, gossiped about you, mistreated you. Experiencing brokenness in that way hurts, doesn't it? And it hurts deeply. But in Matthew chapter 1, we don't just see Mary's brokenness and Joseph's experience of brokenness. Thirdly, we see everyone's experience of brokenness. How do we see everyone addressed in Matthew chapter 1? Because in verse number 21, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from what? Their sins. Mary's son was born miraculously so that he could come and save people from sin. And sin explains the brokenness of every one of, one of us. We sin. We are sinned against. And we sin against others. We experience consequences and we experience the results of brokenness because of sin. Have you ever sensed the weight of your sin or even just the sin of the world? Have you ever experienced what it is to live in a world that is broken because people mistreat you and you mistreat others? Because in thought, in word, and deed, you fail and fall short of a holy God? Has the guilt and shame of your own actions ever burdened you? Am I the only one who's experienced that? I'm sure not. Have you been affected by the wrong choices of someone else? If you know these experiences, then you know the brokenness of sin. But then I want to move on to the fourth example. 
I want you to see Jesus' experience of brokenness. Who is Jesus? Matthew chapter 1 tells us that he is God become man. If you have never done so, take a moment and just let that sink in. If you need something to reflect on as you continue through Christmas Eve and go into Christmas Day tomorrow, just sit and reflect on this statement. The God of the universe took on and became flesh. That an infant delivered of its mother a, I mean, I've got to believe it was like any other birth. A baby who came from its mother and very quickly made its presence known. Crying, needing the warmth, the care, and the tenderness of his mother. That baby in that place on that night all those years ago was God in the flesh. In becoming and living as a man, God, Jesus, experienced all the weakness of flesh. Hebrews chapter 4.15 tells us that he ministers as our high priest, knowing all of our and being tempted like we are. From the time he came into the world, he knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was to lack. For our sakes, he became poor. He knew what it was to be cold, to be hot, to be dirty, to be weary, to hurt, to have pain. He left the glory and perfection of heaven for that. He came, was born to poor, common, ordinary parents because he came for all. From the very start of his life, Satan had him targeted, trying to take his life. Remember the wise men when they came to see the Christ child? Stopped first in Jerusalem and announced to Herod, There's a new king! Herod wasn't very thrilled with that, was he? He veiled his divine nature so he could grow, learn, and participate in normal human life. If you need something to meditate on, meditate on Luke 2, 40 and 52. Where the Bible tells us that the grew in stature, in wisdom, in grace with both God and man. How does God grow in stature? Yet he did. He faced serious temptation from the devil. He showed God's love 
He went about doing good. He healed the blind. He opened deaf ears. He raised dead people to life. He cast out demons. He touched lepers. He befriended prostitutes. He loved those that religion rejects. And yet think about this. The more he loved, the more he was hated. The more he did good, the more they tried to stop him. Can you imagine if this was going on before Jesus left heaven as a conversation between God the Father and God the Son? Where God the Son doesn't know any of this yet, and God the Father is informing him, Hey, Son, I'm going to send you. You're going to be born to a to a young lady who's pleasing to me, but that's not what everyone will think. You're going to live a normal human life. You're going to experience pain and cold and weariness and all of that. And when you come of age, you're going to go around and you're going to demonstrate my power doing good, loving people, telling them about the kingdom of God. But the more that you preach, the more that you teach, the more that you do miracles and do good, the more they will hate you. Until the day comes when they will take you, they'll beat you. They'll beat you so severely you won't even be recognized as a human being anymore. And then they're going to nail you to a cross. And imagine if God the Father is conversing with Jesus in this way and he says, Jesus, through it all, I will be with you. Until that moment while you're on the cross, when all the sin of every man, woman, and child is placed on you. And not only that, Jesus, the sin of every man, woman, and child won't just be placed on you, but you will actually become their sin. At that moment, when Jesus became sin, even the Father turned away from him and Jesus became the loneliest person ever. Some know what it is to feel lonely but you have never been as lonely as Jesus was as he hanged on the cross and became sin for you. It hurt. For the first time, Jesus called, cried out and did not say, Father. He cried out and said, My God, why have you forsaken me? And then he died. Jesus experienced all of the brokenness caused by sin. 
right up to his death. And then he was borrowed, buried in a borrowed tomb. All of that was Jesus experiencing your brokenness and mine. He knows brokenness and all of this, not because he had ever participated in or added to the brokenness of man. Everything he did was to deal with man's brokenness and rescue man from it. But man was and is so broken, they could not see him for who he was, and they, we, put him on that cross. That is how broken we are. Yet... This was the plan of God. And if the story ended there, you and I would question the reason for his life, wouldn't we? If that was the end, the pages of Scripture were closed, we would wonder why. Why would God go through what he did? Why would he allow Jesus to experience this? But that's not the end of the story. Three days later, Jesus rose from the grave. The stone that was put in front of the entrance to the tomb was gone, and so was Jesus. He rose triumphant over sin, death, and hell. And God sent him. Jesus did this. He became man, God in human flesh, all because he loves us and because we needed him due to our brokenness. Jesus entered it, but not just to experience it. He entered it to deal with it. Because he experienced it, we are comforted by this truth that we know a God who knows our experiences. The hurts, the pains, the failures, the struggles that you experience that are a burden to you, Jesus knows them. He has had the experiences. And friend, listen, He today is still God with us. He's not disconnected. He knows and He's with us. And so when you experience the brokenness of life in this world, know that you have a God who knows, who cares, and who is with you. But praise God, he didn't just experience it, he dealt with it. Because you have a God who dealt with the brokenness of life, you can know and trust that this is not all there is. The brokenness you experience in this life, this isn't all there is. Your life is not about just getting through this life in a world of brokenness and that's done. It's over. That's the end. Praise God, that's not true. You have a God who came to ultimately rescue you from it. 
Yes, God is with us in the valley. He's with us in the wilderness and he's with us in the storm. But most important to your life and mine is this. He is with us in our brokenness. And so, friend, this Christmas season, if the brokenness of life is weighing you down, is burdening you, be encouraged. God is with you. And not only that, but the very reason Jesus came was to rescue you from your brokenness. He is still with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, know that God is with you as you experience the brokenness of this life. Remember that Jesus entered into it and dealt with it for you and trust that you will ultimately be rescued from it. And then if you've never believed on Christ for salvation from your sin, understand that the brokenness you experience in this life around you is simply an illustration of the brokenness that is within you and Jesus will save you if you will believe 